Buy or sell my rent roll? Surely it's not that hard, right? Uh, Yep, it is. It's a lot harder than you think. And of course, there's a lot of money at stake as well. If you buy the wrong rent roll and quickly lose a large number of those managements, you are going to be under financial pressure, especially if you have a loan to pay back. Or if you sell without the right advice, it could also cost you valuable income. It's so important to talk with experts if you are embarking on this journey. So let's break down some of the nitty gritty you need to know when it comes to buying and selling a rent roll. Welcome to the Property Management Podcast with That Property Mum. I'm your host, Kylie Walker. I'm a former television sports journalist and mother of four turned co-owner of a million-dollar real estate brand. Each week, I teach women in the property management industry all the best tips to help you balance your career and family, grow your dream business, master your fear, boost your confidence, and conquer your mindset. Ready to get started? Let's dive in. Hey there, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Property Management Podcast. Now, have you ever wondered what is a rent roll and why it's so important? And if you're from Australia, you probably already know the answer to this. But if you aren't, you're probably scratching your head and wondering, what the hell is she talking about? But here in Australia, the rent roll is an asset that we grow in a real estate business. The more managements we have, the higher the value of the asset. And basically, at the end of the day, if someone was going to sell their real estate business here in Australia, the sales side of the business isn't really worth much. Um, But the rent roll or the number of properties that we have under management, well, that's worth something. It's actually worth a lot, actually. Uh, When you go to sell the rent roll, maybe for retirement or simply because you've had enough and you want to try something different, your rent roll should provide a large income boost, depending on the market conditions when you go to sell it. Now, I have never purchased a rent roll. I've preferred the organic growth route, but I have sold off pockets of managements for income at various times, mainly because these managements were outside of my core areas and I wasn't able to consistently deliver on the service that I promised. And let me tell you, this isn't an easy process. If you don't have the right advice and support when going through this, it can cause a lot of undue stress and anxiety. And I honestly had no idea what the hell I was doing. But thankfully, I sought out expert help before it cost me any more time and money. So I had a due diligence done. I had an accountant, a solicitor, and a broker all guide me along. So my best advice is if you are considering buying or selling a rent roll, start by educating yourself on what's involved and seek out the help of experts to guide you through the process and ensure at the end of the day that your asset is protected. Now today's episode is all about the legalities of buying and selling a rent roll. My guest is the very savvy Lucy Ross from Amity Law. She specialises in rent roll, accommodation and conveyancing. Currently though, she has found a niche market helping real estate and property management business owners buy and sell rent rolls. And when it comes to contracts, well, one size does not fit all. Each contract should be tailored to suit individual clients' needs. And boy, has she seen some catastrophes when things aren't done right by the 
so-called experts. So let's dive on in and take a listen to Lucy. Radio, Lucy, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Property Management Podcast. Now, before we dive into today's episode, can you please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got started as a lawyer specializing in rent roll transactions? Yeah, of course. Happy to be here, Kylie. Um, so I um, started off my university life. I did a Bachelor of Journalism and then I also did a Bachelor of Laws as well. Um, and then during my time at uni, I got a job um, at just a general practice law firm. So I got exposed to a whole bunch of different areas of law. Um, I actually did a few internships in the family courts and thought I was going to be a family lawyer for a little while. And then I kind of just fell into property. I started doing residential conveyancing, which is like the building blocks of, of property law. It gives you a really good foundation. Um, so I started doing that and then kind of found a love for commercial property as opposed to residential, being part of, you know, someone's business journey and taking them along a little bit different to, to residential. And then in terms of the rent role and how I became specializing as a rent role solicitor, um, I kind of just fell into that as well. I kind of stumbled across it during in social media, talking to real estate agents, um, got a bit of a taste for it and realized that there was a little bit of a, a gap in the market. Um, purchasing rent roles is super specialized. It's not just like purchasing any kind of business. There's, there's different things that, you know, you wouldn't consider if you were just purchasing, you know, a fish and chip shop or something like that. So um, it's super specialized and there was a bit of a gap in the market. So I spoke to everybody, educated myself, spoke to consultants, real estate agents, financiers. Um, and then we ended up doing um, some marketing for it. We did um, a buyer's guide for anyone who's looking to purchase a rent role and um, drafted our own contract and the all kind of just snowballed from there. That's amazing. Uh, and I think you're right. There is a bit of a gap in the market there for, for your services. That's for sure. Now, it is a really big topic. Um, it is. Buying and selling rent rolls. Um, so maybe if we just start at the beginning, because some of the listeners um, in my audience are from overseas, so they probably may not know a lot about rent rolls. Um, so maybe just talk about what is a rent roll and why typically would someone want to buy or sell a rent roll? Yeah, of course. So essentially, a rent roll is somebody's property management portfolio. Um, and there's a couple of ways in which you can purchase and, and sell a property management portfolio. Um, so if you were a real estate agent, you have your um, selling and leasing side of um, your agency, and then you also manage properties as well. So your uh appointment um, or your relationship with property owners to manage that property under its lease is essentially what a rent roll is. Um, you could purchase an entire real estate agency business or sell one and a portion of that is your rent roll. Um, or more commonly, what I see is that people who already have an established business um, want to purchase a portfolio of property management files to boost their income, to boost their revenue, um, or alternatively on the selling side, you're buying, uh, sorry, you're, um, you've got a huge selling um, portfolio and, and you're doing really well at your sales and you build up your property management and then you want to sell that whole portfolio. 
So you could sell, you know, 100 appointments, 200 appointments, 50 appointments. It's basically your relationship with a property owner um, under a, a form that you fill out. You're selling or buying your right to manage that property. And I guess um, it's the asset, isn't it, in a real estate business because the, the sales side doesn't hold a lot of value. Uh, yeah. It's where all the, I guess, the the super, it's the super fund of a property management business, isn't it? Absolutely. And I, I hear real estate agents um, refer to their property management as the bread and butter of their, um, of their real estate business. That's what keeps them churning every day. Beautiful. Now, You've been doing this a while now, so tell me what are some of the consequences or what you've seen go wrong if contracts uh, or the legalities around buying and selling a rent roll um, or even due diligences aren't done right? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I appreciate that lawyers can be wordy. Um, we focus on, you know, what it, the formation of a sentence or a paragraph or a clause. And, you know, it sometimes drives people nuts. You know, why is this lawyer focusing on, you know, this one word in this one sentence? You know, is it an and? Is it an or? But that's important when things go wrong. You could have, you could be selling a rent roll. You could be buying a rent roll. You could have a great relationship with the person on the other side. You know, it could be all about handshakes and conversations and I'll do this and I'll do that. But if that breaks down for whatever reason or there's some miscommunication, you're stuck with what's in your contract. You're stuck with what's on your on that piece of paper and how that's interpreted. So if you have things like your timeframes aren't correct, if you're getting financed for a sale and you've only left seven days from when you sign that to get financed, you go to your broker, they say, that's not long enough. If your clause in that contract says, if you don't have your finance by seven days to sell or terminate, you're gone, you're out. <laughs> You've lost your opportunity. So things like that. And a lot of the time you don't find out about issues in your contract until after you've settled, after you've purchased a rent roll and things aren't what you thought they were or, you know, the commercial terms, the property management files, it's not what you thought they were because you didn't have the opportunity in your contract to look at anything or, um, you know, stuff like that. The um, Your relationship with the seller, if the seller tells you, um, once we settle, your property owners, your appointments are yours. I'm not going to go after them. I'm not going to call up the property owner the next day and say, hey, come back with me. Um, and then what if they do do that? If you have nothing in your contract which has any consequence for when things go wrong, um, you're paying for nothing. Absolutely. And that can cost you a lot of money. Exactly. Yeah, it has costly mistakes. And I think if people spend the money at the beginning, it saves you at the end. Should everyone have a, a lawyer involved in their contract preparations? I mean, I know you are a lawyer, but um, work for a legal firm, but, you know, is it just a given that that should happen? Like even when people are buying and selling their houses, there's always um, there's always legal, legal teams involved. Absolutely. And I think that in the day-to-day in running a business, even when you purchase a property, sometimes people forget that there's a lawyer that that should be there. Um, but, you know, they have a vital role in doing that. There's, there's brokers that draft contracts, you know, for you as well. Um, and, and, you know, usually that's your first point of contact if you're selling and you're going through a broker. Um, but you should always engage a lawyer to give you advice because, like I said, you know, our job is to, to deal with things when things go wrong. It's to safeguard you um, for when things 
could go wrong. You know, hopefully they don't and it all goes smoothly. Um, but you need a clear path to get there. And that's what we help you with. Beautiful. Uh, let's dive into the contract phase now. What mm-hmm. what considerations would somebody, you know, need in place um, if they're thinking about buying or selling a rent roll? Yeah, of course. So even before you get to the contract phase, there's a few things which you need to do to prepare to save you money and save you stresses. So one of those things which may be obvious is your licensing. <laughs> if you've just started out um, and this is a new business for you, you need to get your real estate agent's license for property management. And you need to make sure that that license is in the correct name. It's in the name which you're going to purchase that rent roll in. So you could purchase a rent roll under your name, Kylie Walker. You could purchase um, it under Kylie Walker PTYLTD as a company. You could purchase it as a trust. Um, And you need to speak to an accountant um, to figure out what the best way to purchase for you to, you know, minimize your tax liability, to maximize asset protection. And you need to figure that out before you even chat to your lawyer. Because once you're under contract, it's really hard to change that. Um, And it could have costly consequences for you if you enter into a contract in your personal name you speak to you know your accountant afterwards and they say, hey, that's not a good idea and you're already under contract, makes it a little bit difficult. Um, so that's one of the things that I would say, you know, think about from the outset. And then another thing is, um, is that we always recommend um, a term sheet before you get into a contract. And this is a one to two page document that the buyer and the seller signs, which sets out the key commercial terms of your sale. You know, it sets out things like how you're going to calculate the purchase price, um, what deposit you're going to pay, what kind of time frames there are under the contract for things like finance and due diligence. Um, you know, are you taking on anything else in the rent roll? Are you taking on any employees? Are you taking over a lease of a premises? Um, and then the restraint and the retention, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but that is just a one to two page document that's simply drafted. It's not going to cost you a lot of money to do that, but it will save you a lot of money in the long run. Because if you have a lawyer that reviews a 40 page contract, gives you advice on it, and then you go, hang on, that's not the deal that I, that I thought I was getting. You know, you've paid for advice on something that is not worthwhile to you and you end up spending more money. Beautiful. So it sounds like there's a lot Clearly, there's a lot to it. Um, <laughs> at the end of the day, though, um, if we just break it down really simply, when you are buying a rent roll or you're selling a rent roll, but when you're, let's talk about buying a rent roll, you're actually buying the management agreements or in Queensland, they're the Form 6s. That's, um, right. that's what you're purchasing, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. So that is the most important thing. What you're purchasing is your right to manage that property. And your right to manage that property is documented in what's called a form of appointment. And it's one or two pages. Um, In Queensland, yes, you're right, they're called the Form 6, which is under the Property Occupations Act. Um, And these are automatically assignable. So if you sell it to somebody, all you're required to do under the Property Occupation Act is tell the owner of the property within 14 days from settlement that you are the new property manager under that form of appointment um, and that the property management file has been sold to you. Um, If you um, 
have an older appointment. There used to be a piece of legislation called the PAMDA Act, is its acronym, um, and lots of older rent rolls have the old Form 20A appointments, and these are not automatically assignable. So the property owner would have needed to either tick the box on the form at the time, which says, yes, we consent to you assigning this if it, if it gets to that, um, or you actually need to seek out that owner's consent to assign that appointment. So it makes it a little bit difficult. Um, and you do need to figure that out before you even get into contract what the seller's rent roll looks like. Do they have new forms? Do they have old forms? Um, we would recommend that in the contract, any of the old forms get signed up into the new form of appointment. Um, because something that a lot of people don't know is that finances often want you to do that anyway. They want the seller to sign up new appointments um, in the buyer's name, or sorry, have new appointments in the buyer's name, which the buyer will sign. Um, and they won't finance on anything which is older than your form six. Um, so that's super important to know. The other thing is that um, even though in, this is specific to Queensland, it, it differs state by state, country to country. Um, every state has their own piece of legislation. But the current form of appointment, which is the Form 6, like I said, you only need to, under the legislation, give notice after settlement. But we don't recommend that you wait until after settlement until you tell all your property owners. We think it's really important that it's documented in the contract of sale that once the contract becomes unconditional, meaning that you're proceeding to settlement, you've done your due diligence, you've got your finance approval, that you work with the seller and you let the property owners know prior to settlement that the property management portfolio is being sold. Uh, property management is all about relationships with your property owners. That's your key to this business. So, you want to make sure that you get as many property owners on board as possible prior to settlement so that they're happy with your services. Um, you don't want to get to the stage where you've settled and if you're um, just complying with the legislation and you go, I'm going to let them know 14 days after I've already got their property management portfolio, I'm going to let the property owners know now. They might go, you know what, I don't, I'm not happy with them. my new property owner, my new property manager. I didn't have a say in this. I'm going to terminate my appointment and you don't get the income from that anymore. That is great tips there. Um, anyone listening, uh, I'm just going to recap those because I think they're yeah. amazing. That is um, transfer your, um, in Queensland, the 20As, I think, the PAM to 20As. Yes. Transfer them across to Form 6s, yes. uh, update your forms, and the really easy way to do that is do them electronically using one like DocuSign um, platform. Uh, the second thing is I think that's really um, important that we do be transparent with our landlords. I personally have sold a couple of pockets of rent rolls and I worked really closely with the um, buying agency uh, and we had a really good working relationship and it was just so much smoother and easier. And of course, we let our owners know, you know, communicated with them every step of the process. This is what's happening. This is when it's transferring over. I think giving them that peace of mind um, and giving introducing them to the other agency I found worked really well as well and giving them that other agency's um, principal's details uh, so that the, anyone, any of those owners that are a bit more anxious than others um, could have a conversation and make a judgment for themselves. I had absolutely no owners terminate either my management or the other agency's management 
during that process. So that's really good advice there. Thank you for sharing that. Um, now let's dive into some of the special conditions that we should be including on our contract of sale. What are your recommendations with, say, the retention and the restraint periods? That they seem to be the two biggest conditions. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, with the retention period, this is a cause which is specific to rent roll purchases and sales, which is why it's important that you get um, a specialised lawyer who knows that this is super important to the whole process of buying and selling a rent roll. Um, like we said earlier, your relationships with the property owners are key. So getting them on board even before you settle is great. In Queensland, the property management forms, the Form 6, can be terminated by property owners um, if they give you 30 days notice. So if you gave a property owner um, notice that you're buying the rent roll, you know, at whatever stage in the contract um, after it becomes unconditional, and they decide that they're not happy with that, they can terminate your appointment with them, um, giving you 30 days notice. So what the retention is, is that um, when you pay the purchase price, you pay 80%, usually this is the um, industry norm, you would pay 80% to the seller and 20% of the purchase price would be held back in uh, usually the vendor's lawyer's trust account. For a period, usually it's about 90 days. So you've got 90 days to operate your property management business with that new rent roll. Um, and if any of the property owners terminate their appointments with you during that time, um, you can then call back from that 20% up to 20% what you paid for that particular appointment. Um, so that is um, unique to rent rolls, given that there can be sometimes a turnover during that period of property managers, uh, sorry, property owners uh, terminating their appointments, not wanting you to act because, you know, they didn't sign up with you in the first place. Um, so the contract, it's important in the contract that you document what triggers a retention claim. If you're selling, you don't want the contract to say simply, if any property owner terminates their appointment, the purchaser gets that portion of the purchase price back. What if the property owner terminated because the buyer of the rent roll wasn't fulfilling their obligations? They weren't properly managing their property at all. Um, you know, you want to safeguard against that. You want particular circumstances um, to trigger what you can claim back on the retention. Um, you need to think about, you know, if um, a property is sold whether you get what you paid for that property back at the contract phase or you need to wait until it's settled. Um, and you also need to think about, as a seller, what evidence you need um, from a property owner um, that says why they're terminating. Do you want a reason? Uh, do you want to figure out if it's because the buyer wasn't fulfilling their obligations? Um, you know, is, is an email from them saying that they terminate simply enough? Um, because at the end of the day, that's 20% of your purchase price. Crazy. Do you have something that you could uh, share with our listeners today that outlines some of that? Because there is a lot of detail. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate that there is a lot of detail. We have on our website, um, I work for a company called Amity Law at the moment. So, 
Um, we have on our website um, a buyer's guide to rent rolls. So it basically breaks down everything that I've spoken about today and a little bit more um, and gives you, you know, a good idea of what you need to look out for. Brilliant. I will share that in the show notes, the link to your website. Now, I like to give some action steps. And so if somebody was thinking about buying or selling a rent roll, what is something that they could do or the first step that they should take today um, to go about doing that? I would say whether you're buying or you're selling, to prepare yourself. Before you, before you start to engage a lawyer, um, prepare yourself. If you're a seller, it's a good idea to undertake a seller's due diligence on your rent roll before you even get to the selling stage. So you can go through your rent roll. You can make sure all of your forms of appointment are signed. They're filled out correctly. If you've got old forms, you can um, get them transitioned into new forms so that you've got a clean portfolio to sell, um, which saves any hiccups along the way. Um, and if you're buying, prepare as well. Just line up your consultants early. Get yourself a, a good lawyer, a good accountant, um, you know, whether you want to engage um, a due diligence consultant to perform the due diligence on the rent roll for you, um, you know, make sure that you've explored your finance. Um, you know, what, how much is the bank going to lend you? How long is it going to take you? Um, so, yeah, my advice is just prepare. <laughs> and just, I just want to touch on the due, dil- due diligence. I can never yeah. say that word properly. <laughs> due diligence side of things. Yeah. Do you recommend people do have that done? Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's the most important part, really, a due diligence, um, making sure that you've got the opportunity to get into the business um, and make sure it's what you think you're buying. Um, Your forms of appointment are your right to manage that property. So if they're unenforceable, you don't have the right to receive the income from that. So it's super important and I would recommend engaging a consultant to go in and do a thorough due diligence. Don't just sample, you know, a few and assume that they're all going to be the same. Um, You know, you should get in there and to really look at them and if there are any issues with the forms of appointment, which is what you're paying for, um, have a right to have the seller fix those up before you pay for them. Um, Yeah, that's my advice on, on due diligence is, yeah, do it thoroughly. Well, I actually had just remembered then while you were speaking um, about an experience and Tazi, who was a mutual friend of ours, yeah. she did a due diligence for me when I was selling one of my rent rolls and she did uncover uh, I was selling um, mm. but some of my management agreements hadn't had a particular box and I can't think of the top of my head what the box was ticked. It might have been what you were mentioning before that um, we could – the box maybe where the, the transfer of sale or something that was really important and we'd had a young BDM signing up a lot of managements at the time but no one had been auditing the Form 6s that he was bringing in um, which was a really valuable lesson um, because we had to then go out and re-have those forms signed. It wasn't a huge percentage uh, but it then it, it triggered us to make sure that we were having all of our work audited whether they're a senior property manager or uh, a newcomer, you know, all of our Form 6 documents are, are audited every single month to make sure that they're correct. So, um, yeah, that's very valuable um, yeah. advice and um, I, I totally agree that due diligence is really important. At that Absolutely, stage. which is why I recommend to do a vendor due diligence before you even put your rent roll on the market. 
So you can make sure your own rent roll is clean and everything's up to scratch before the buyer goes in and starts digging around under contract. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's, it is good even, you know, annually or every couple of years to do that anyway, because, uh, you know, as a business owner, you don't have time unless you've got systems set up so that you are, you know, quarterly or annually checking all that stuff. Um, Lots of things get sort of slipped through the cracks and it can create big issues when it does come to the other, to the the sale end of things. So um, some good advice there. Um, Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, what is one of your best pieces of personal advice, either a book or podcast or other tool that you can share with our listeners today? Yeah, no worries. Well, I don't have a book or a podcast to recommend, but just a a tool or a piece of advice, which I think can be used in any industry, no matter what you do, you know, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're a real estate agent, no matter what it is, I always say to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. You never want to be the smartest person in the room, otherwise you're not growing. So surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. That is great advice. And I I guess for you, there's lots of smart people around you in in your industry. So um, you must be up there in the hierarchy though, I am sure. I'm trying. (laughs) I'm getting there, but you never want to be the smartest person in the room. You know something's wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Now, that's great advice. Thank you very much. Uh, How can our listeners connect with you um, and your team? Yeah, no worries. So, like I said, I work for a firm called Amity Law. Um, So, if you just want to give us a quick Google, um, you can find my email address, mobile number, um, and can reach out to me there. And is LinkedIn your preferred method of contact? On- yeah, yes, it is. I also, I do have an Instagram page, which is called Lucy Ross Legal um, as well. So you can find me there as well. Beautiful. I will share all of those in the show notes. Lucy, thank you so much. I love having this chat with you and I'm sure there's plenty more topics we can dive into down the track. Amazing. Thank you so much, Kylie. If you love the Property Management Podcast, you've got to check out the PM Collective, hosted by my friend, Ashley Goodchild. She discusses things like how to have awkward conversations about pay rises, um, yes please, how to raise the bar in property management and why so many people just seem to fall into the industry. You've got to love stories like that. She'll leave you with great advice, actionable steps to take and let you know that you're not alone in any of the challenges that you face. So be sure to check out the PM Collective wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I know your time is valuable, so thank you for spending it here. Now, if you are someone who is serious about growing your property management business and you'd like to learn the systems that I've put in place inside my own business that consistently brings in five to 15 new management leads every single week without me having to do anything, then go to the show notes and click on the link to get on the waiting list for the growth school and you'll get notified when it launches. Until next time, my friend.